Stephen. You and I just uh, again this week. Yes. And we didn't go to the theater because. No. Uh, Forget because those nobody else wants to see Entourage but me. Yeah, you just beg me every week after recording. He's like, have you watched Entourage yet? Have you watched Entourage yet? I don't beg yet? you. You're I like, threaten you. <laughs> it's something like that. You know, there's a fine line between begging and threatening. Uh, no, so we didn't really. watch that. You didn't want to watch Spy. I don't even know if it's no. coming here. Uh, so... I don't even know if Entourage is coming here. Oh, yeah. I guess I never even checked. Um, so what did we do? We headed to the digital world of movies. And uh, a thing that's currently in theaters, but uh, is also available on Amazon and iTunes, is the Michael Fassbender starring Western uh, film Slow West. So we took some time this week to watch that. Now we're going to get all up in this nihilism. (laughs) I just, you know, it's... when I saw the trailer and I saw this, I watched this movie a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. when it first hit on on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's this? Michael Fassbender. I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked I him. Great. You know, I thought he was really awesome. And so uh, let me watch this trailer. And the trailer kind of made it almost seem comedic or funny. light. It's funny. When I watched the trailer this past week, I thought there was a sense of whimsy about it. Yes. I thought uh-huh. some, and it, some of the, the cinematography and the feeling of the trailer and the music behind it made it feel like someone really likes Wes Anderson, mm-hmm. has been influenced by his yes. work, uh-huh. and is now making a Western with Michael Fassbender in it. Like, yeah. give me a break. I gotta watch this. Yeah, this is directed by John, uh, John McLean. Yeah, and first this is film. his very first film. It is a British-American Western. Yeah. Although he, I thought it was, uh, for some reason, was it shot down in New Zealand? Because the New Zealand New film Zealand. board had, yeah. had their names all over shot it. Shot in New Zealand, and uh, it takes the place of the West... Of America. Yes. Uh, back to the director. He uh, was in a band for uh, late 90s, early 2000s that was featured in like a John Cusack movie or oh, something. Really? Uh, he made a short film in 2009 uh, starring Michael Fassbender before he kind of blew up. Oh, he okay. shot it all on a, a cell phone, which oh, I wow. found incre- okay. incredible in 2009. Yeah. Uh, he then went on to make another short film in 2011 and won uh, an award at a film festival. And so this is his first... Feature. Major feature. Yeah, teaming yeah. up with uh, Michael Fassbender and Cody Smith-McPhee. Mm-hmm. Is that his last name? I think so, yeah. Uh, who is a nicely young actor. I think people would probably most know him from uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes yes. last year. Yes. And um, something else he's was in. He plays um, Jay, oh, what is his name? Cavendish? No, not Cavendish. Uh, yeah, Cavendish, Jay Cavendish of the Cavendish royalty family kind of thing. He's a, oh, yeah, in, in the, the story, story. His, yeah. his character is aristocracy. Yeah. And of course, if you know about what was going on with uh, Scotland and, and England uh, during the 1800s, uh, you know that landowners were pretty much crapping all over the Irish and the Scots and mm-hmm. everybody and forcing them from their lands. And uh, Jay's, Jay falls in love with... This girl, uh, what's her name? Rose. Rose, yes. And in the process, his father is accidentally killed mm-hmm. when Jay is basically like, but I love her. And he's like, no, you come home. Get your hands off her. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoving match ensues. And so Rose and her father have to flee the country and they head to America because uh, they've killed a, a royal. They've killed a, a landowner mm-hmm. and so or a baron or whatever his title was. And so he's in big trouble. 
And Jay decides that he loves her so much that he's going to go to America by himself and find her and profess his love. Now, this is not like, um, what was that Tom Cruise movie where basically they start in New York and then they work their way all the way out to Oklahoma. This movie picks off, picks up where Jay is already past Denver. Yeah. He's in Colorado territory. Yeah, yeah, He's in Colorado territory. So we don't know what happened, you know, anything about his passage to America. We don't know anything about him doing anything on the East coast as he has been moving West uh, across the plains, but he is riding by himself Mm -hmm. and uh, that's where our story picks up. Yeah. And and it, picks up in a tone that carries out the rest of the film, essentially, and that being there is blood. Yes. Uh, um, so right away he runs into these uh, this uh, Indian camp that's been burned and destroyed and people have been killed. And then he runs into some former Confederate soldiers who are out to kill the rest of them, or maybe they were Northern soldiers. I forget. I don't, I don't think they were. They anyone, weren't soldiers. They, they weren't anymore. anymore. So this they takes were, place after like, Civil War. They were. Uh, masquerading. They were ah, wearing okay. their clothes, but they were really just hunting down the natives and yeah. slaughtering them for fun. And that's when uh, when they confront Jay and they're going to kill him. That's when Silas shows up, played play, by Michael Fassbender, and he basically kills them. Yes, so, shoots him right in the face. <laughs> from the very beginning and then through the rest of this movie, it is nothing but killing, 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 killing. In not... Um, you know, not in, Hey, look, killing's fun, San mm-hmm. Andreas, uh, grand theft auto kind of ways, but more in the fact that these are the things that people probably had to deal with during the time. And so at one point they are in a, um, in a trading post Yes, and this couple comes in and they want to stick up the guy and bullets start firing and people die. And it's just, this is a fact of life. Mm-hmm. Then we find out that Rose has been, um, and her father are wanted for murder. And so what ends up happening is we discover that all these bounty hunters and everyone are following Jay. And we find out that Silas used to be part of this bounty hunter gang. Mm -hmm. They're just following Jay so that they can get to Rose. Right. Because the reward for Rose and her father is $2,000 each dead. Yeah. So... Some serious Not dead or some, alive. No, just, just dead. dead. They have to be dead. And so you get introduced to a lot of uh interesting individuals mm-hmm. throughout this ride. I mean, even you know how far they ride because they're in Colorado, we know the beginning, and they, they ride for a set amount of, of days, the and there's yeah. not a whole lot of indication of how far they make it. There's a shoot off in a wheat field, yeah. but t- throw a dart and you're gonna hit a wheat field in America, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, because when they come out and they get to where Rose is at, they, the mountains are behind them. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that they've got to be in Northern Nevada, Utah region. That's the only guess yeah. that I can, can guess. Like Southern, uh, yeah, Utah. Southern Utah, there. Nevada, yeah. something like that. Like Reno area, but mm-hmm. not quite. I don't know. It's. Because it shot New Zealand, you can't really pinpoint where this would take place in America, right. but yeah. he's made it to the West, right? Because yeah. that's his main thing is he needs to go West and he's taking his own sweet time getting there. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if we should spoil this for listeners. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this, no, you've seen we the should, movie. because the ending is incredibly important. Yeah. So all throughout these, we get a bunch of flashbacks to the way that Jay's life was in the old country. And we find out that Rose really is just like, oh, I think of you as a brother. You really don't mean that you love me, yada, 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 yada. And he's so 
I don't know how old he's supposed to be in this movie. I would say somewhere around the age of 16. 16, something like that. He's very young, and she's a little bit older than he is. Yeah, and especially, you have to take into consideration these flashbacks. He's even younger, because yeah. he's come from Scotland right. to East and Z, and then made his way all to Colorado. That's not a small trip. No, by himself. Yeah. And, you know, if there's something about young love in this that is... um that you're kind of root for the kid that he gets there and that, you know, that the two are like, yes, let's fall in love and all this stuff. But in the back of your mind, this whole time, you're learning a little bit about Silas. You're learning a little bit about the bounty hunters. You're learning more about Jay. You're learning very little about Rose and her father, but it turns into a giant shootout at the end. And Jay dies. Yeah. I mean, Rose, he busts open the door during this huge shootout and Rose, not knowing what's going on, turns around and just fires the gun right into his chest, right into his heart. Right. And then to make matters worse, when he falls back against the <laughs> the wall, the salt on the uh, on the shelf above pours down into the wound. Well, so it's, it's not like even pouring that. salt into it's, the wound. He's because Rose just fires a shot. People are coming yeah, yeah, into yeah. her house anyways. Yeah. He's he's trying to get to her. She fires a shot, and he's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. He can't talk. He's got blood in his mouth. And she, there's this interesting relationship. They don't touch on very much mainly because everyone dies of her <laughs> and this uh native american man yes and he's ascend- he's gonna sacrifice himself to try to save rose right. and they kind of share this this yeah they're, this in, kiss. Love. they're, yeah, in, they're yeah, in love clearly in love mm-hmm. and he's realizing that and then that's when a bullet flies through the house hits the salt yes right after that moment and he's like oh and he, he, you can just see him like squirm yeah, yeah, yeah. of all this falling and it's, into his So chest. it's not, I mean, I don't know if you would say that that's dark humor. I mean, that kind of is kind of dark. Um, but this is, uh, Slow West is classified as an action thriller western. It's not classified as a dark comedy or anything like that. So there's no whimsy in there. But I just thought that that was that one moment of the entire movie that was actually somewhat humorous in its metaphor of pouring salt into the wound. Yeah, that was, and it was clearly... Inten- like so intentional and yes. I, it certainly it is a dark humor because it's that full frame salt mm-hmm. bullet all up in his wound yeah there's a couple other things which just random lines that are can mm-hmm. be seen as funny and not a oh i poking your ribs right, so right. funny falling poop yeah, yeah. kind of way they're uh you know just tinged with him they make you like chuckle this movie also has a lot of foreshadowing because at one point jay has a dream where rose is living with silas this mm-hmm. guy who's who says he will take him to where Rose and her father are at. Right. Providing that he gives him all his money, essentially. Yeah. But in a sense, we know that Silas is also probably in it for the bounty and the reward. Um, but there's a point where Jay has this dream where they're living together and he wakes up and he's like so infuriated that he runs off and mm-hmm. tries to abandon Silas. But by the end of the movie, everybody is dead except for Silas, Rose, and these two kids that um, have become parentless because of of something earlier that, yeah because <laughs> jay killed their parents earlier um so they all basically stay in that home and become a family together and it's just like whoa that was a lot of foreshadowing that i was like oh it's just a dream it's not going to happen and then it plays out very much like what uh, jay saw in his dream yeah it's interesting with that dream uh because i got the i, I bought it on itunes and it came with the itunes extras mm-hmm. and in the scenes category uh, it wasn't just like, go to this scene, go to the scene. It was some of the director's favorite scenes. And mm. there was just a little blurb. I was hoping there was commentary underneath it, but it was just like a little blurb when you click on the scene that it let it play. And he talked about how this scene was important for him because it put out there what Jay's 
nightmare was essentially or that he would get there and she really wouldn't be in love with him yeah, and so yeah, that's yeah. where he was running right from that that it was silas he just kind of put him there because right silas was there with him but it was that he would show up mm-hmm. and she really wouldn't be in love with him which is interesting and i think you talk, talk about young love and how generally you're rooting for it but right. in this one plays it's so realistic because it's not so much real uh young love mm-hmm. but more young uh, infatuation right because through those flashbacks of jay back to his uh back at home we see she's not into him right the way he is into yeah. rose yeah. and so uh it, it's in because so on the back of mind this fear should be there mm-hmm. because there's no way she is yeah, in love with in him love with him yeah. yeah and just him showing up is probably going to cause more problems and as we find out, she is in love with the Native American uh, guy that's helping out around the house. Yeah. And it's just like, it really is a tragic story. And, you know, a lot of times we think of the Western as a lot of action, a lot of gunfights, a lot of, you know, bang them up stuff. This is a very slow movie. It is. And the action doesn't happen until the final 15, 20 minutes of the film. And the film's over, what, uh, two like, hours long? Uh, no, it's like, I think it's only like 85 minutes or. Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's not very long. 84 minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's only 84 minutes, and it's really the last little bit where the gunfighting happens. And uh, there is some action. We talked about the trading post. of There is, I mean, three deaths mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. But it's a more played out and character building moment for Jay because he, as far as we know, and it certainly seems that way, killed the first person he's ever yes, killed because he was carrying killed, a gun yeah. with no bullets right. when we first meet him. Right. Um, and so that was just this big moment in kind of his realization of this is the world you came to to find a woman mm-hmm. that doesn't love you. Mm-hmm. And it was a really well played out uh, moment that had a huge payoff to the the tragedy of the death in this West when you walk out of the store and now the two dead parents kids are there yeah that was probably i was like holy crap Mm -hmm. i I was just like that was a moment that really kind of hit me and then jay doesn't know how to react he's just like well here's all these things we were stealing i guess i'll give them to you kids and then they're just like leaving and it's just like leave them there and they'll be taken care of and of course what ends up happening is the uh the gang Mm -hmm. uh comes along and picks them up and there's a, a woman in the gang and she decides to take them on as the kids and Wow, it's just a weird. It, it just this is a very different movie than what I expected going in. Did For, you did you end up liking it? I ended up liking it a whole lot um, because it took a western genre mm-hmm. that to it's kind of like uh, I don't know any genre just gets played out to a point, right? And I think what he did was take a genre and tell an almost universal tale to a point mm-hmm. while also poking at the genre itself. And I think he does that through the final scene of, and not even, it's not even the final scene. It's the final montage yeah. where they just do an overhead shot and they go, okay, here are all the people that yes. died in this film. This is not something you see yeah. in a John Wayne or a John Ford movie that they, they're just killing people randomly and with, uh, with no real purpose. And then you just kind of gloss over it. That's how we do all action movies. You People are just dying, and you don't really take stock of it. But in this film, he made a deliberate attempt to show, okay, this is where we told. Uh, it's pretty sad. Oh, wait, guess what? It's even sadder because all of these tangential people also died in this story. And it's not yeah. a 
blood pumping. Yeah, we're right. like a um, beat your chest kind of movie. It's uh, no, this was a lot of people dead. There are 41 actors credited as in acting roles in this. Uh, some of them are via the flashback when uh, we're at the house oh, sure. in Scotland and, yeah. uh, and everything. But of the 40 people that are listed in here, I'm going to say 31 of them die in this movie in some way, shape, or form. I think, I mean, in the last montage, there's only 13 Well, dead. so you've got the, so you've got the, so you've got they didn't the count his father. Mr. Cavendish, right? Yeah, they didn't count him. They didn't count him. Then you've got the Indians, however many of those that we saw. It's true, we didn't. Then we see uh, the soldiers are killed. Yeah, we got then, all them. Then we see the um, the trade post guy mm-hmm. and the parents. Yep. Then we see all the members of the gang. Yep. Then we see Rose's father is yep. also dead. Silas is almost dead. Uh, the, uh, yeah. the the lover is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, I mean, there's just death and destruction. So if you go into this movie thinking that it's going to be a happy ending, um, maybe it is in a way for Silas, but for everyone else, it's totally not. Yeah, I mean, it, uh through what I mean it really even for them it's not even a total happy story because each one of those people lost the yeah, one lost Silas somebody. uh certainly had some form of feelings and whether it's like a fatherly figure right, or a right. brotherly figure formed for Jay uh by essentially because he knows that Jay's gonna do whatever it takes to uh get to Rose and there's mm-hmm. all these bounty hunters so he knows he's in trouble so he ties him to a tree and uh tries to help save the right. people in the end mm-hmm. uh so you know, it's a, so it's a sad. So he lost him. Rose lost her father and her lover. The two kids lost their parents. Um, There's even so. a flashback where they're talking about the origin of the gang, the the leader of the gang, because he wanted to be so popular. Yeah. Even in that flashback, there's people that are dying there too. That's true. And uh, that was also one of the director's uh, picked out scenes mm-hmm. where he said he really loved the idea that people use in film every once in a while where you tell a story within the story mm-hmm. that has real no impact to the overall narrative of the film, but it's just another form of storytelling that's inside the other one, yeah, which yeah, I thought yeah. was interesting yeah. when you played it mm-hmm. out like that. Yeah, because Jay is drunk and he wanders into the camp of this gang, and he sits down and yeah. they, they relay this story about how the the head of the gang became who, such a big bad guy that he is. And then after the end of the story, Jay's like, I just remembered I'm in the wrong camp. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. I, and so there's, there's, there's these little moments, but man... Um, I, I, so did I guess, you did you like it? Because it is a Western, you're totally not a Western guy. Well, I, and, and we said on the main, you know, when we were reviewing all the movies that in later years, I, I've come around on the Western. Oh, right. Uh, mainly because I grew up having to watch. So many. The the John Wayne type yeah. stuff, which I don't like. I didn't, no. I didn't really, you know, The Searcher and that kind of stuff. Uh, this movie is very much reminiscent of The Searcher and how it's very slow and uses a lot of the wide vistas and yeah. telling the story. Um but no, I, I really enjoyed this from that standpoint of, oh, look at young love and look how tragic it is. And um, just from that side of it. Now, I did not take the time like you did and go back and listen to the director's commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I, really quick to get. I mean, if you have it on iTunes, is you can get com- through it in is, But is there seconds. a director's commentary that runs throughout no, the whole No, there's not. Oh, I okay. wish there was. It's just these probably six or seven pieces he writes a little blurb Oh, okay. I should about. have done that, but. Yeah, after I watched it, I went to bed after I watched it, and it was like a couple of days later, I was still thinking about it, going, man, talk about all these people that have died, mm-hmm. and thinking about this journey, and just how, I don't know if he's, if the director is trying to say, you know, the West, the West, you know, uh, go West, young man, which is what Jay is, you know, mm-hmm. that that manifest destiny kind of statement, go West, young man, is paved with death and mm-hmm. destruction all along the way, greed, 
And at the heart of it, you've got this young love that just also dies a horrible death. Yeah. Uh, so I found it very fascinating. And I liked a lot of the visuals. Um, I don't know what this was shot on, but I, I'm going to bet it was not film. I bet it was a red camera I'm gonna say, of some kind. I think I saw some behind the scenes stuff and it was, uh, he. I did read an interview with him and he said he decided to shoot this in, uh, even though, because he said he wanted to do a like a wide vista yeah, yeah. type of mm-hmm. uh, Western film, which haven't been done really recently. Right. And he said he, even though he loved the spaghetti Westerns, he thought he said uh, they did it. They, they did it so good. Uh, so well that I can't even touch that. So he did this one. I think he, sh- and he shot it in one six, six. Yeah. So I mean, you have that nice scope mm-hmm. there. Mm hmm. But you, it, you don't remember if this was on a red camera. Because uh, no, a lot of the it visuals, was on something digital. Though. A lot of the visuals are very, very crisp, which really kind of stood out for me. Which yeah. I was like, you know, when you think about westerns, you you think about how there's kind of a, and this happens in film a lot. You watch film because it does have a softness to it. It does have you know the shallow depth of field. It does have this look that you look at it and you go, oh, this looks like film. But there are scenes in this movie where it's like this looks sharp, like a photograph. Yeah. Like, this is pictures from your mind and the colors are really vibrant. And, mm-hmm. you know, they did do a lot of uh, post-production on this um, and a lot of effects work, a lot of visual work. Um, but this really, I mean, this was a sharp movie. It was. And it just, maybe that was part of the the meta, the message that was going on in this too, is that the West is very stark. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of, it's, you know, there's almost, I don't want to say there's a lot of contrast because there's really not, but... You know, when I watched this movie, I was thinking a lot of the my great fall or summer days where you've got a storm clouds out in the distance where it's really, really dark, and you've got the wheat field being lit up by the sun, and you have that really bright and vibrant, yeah. but it's also a lot of dark and contrasting colors in there. That's how this film came across to me. Yeah, you're right. And it now that you say that, it really has an almost more lifelike feel to the image, because imagine those views that we see here on a regular basis now, but imagine it right. a completely untouched West mm-hmm. of just all rolling hills and nature and mountains and, and giant the, blue skies. The other thing is the director uses this very deep focus mm-hmm. throughout the film too, which I think also adds to this kind of almost realness because in the scene where we're first meeting Jay and Silas, uh, I'm looking at a still right now, you can see all the needles on the pine tree mm. uh, and all the pine trees behind there for quite a distance. Yeah. And I think that that, that adds something to it, but I, it's almost like this film starts out and he's coming into this kind of smokiness of this burned out camp. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he's exiting this dream and coming into the real world. So we kind of move from this very soft kind of world into something that's much harder as we progress towards the end of the movie sure. where the colors become very vibrant and very stand out and um and, and really pop you know make you saying that makes me you know, we don't have that story of his travels here from scotland yeah. in the east it makes it seem that idea you just proposed of coming out of this dream into the real world makes mm-hmm. it seem like it's been easy for him up yes. to this point i mean he, he was coming from a high family yes. uh from home and so he had things easy and, and now he gets introduced to this real world. It's like mm-hmm. if you you have this high fantasy of love, but guess what? Here's the world yeah, you just walked into. World, you might yeah. have a gun pointed at your face. Then there's this the stuff with the flashbacks of um of the gang leader. The coloring in that it's a little bit softer there, uh, but it feels more like it feels almost. Uh, 
almost like Shane in a sense, like the daylight scenes from Shane. So it almost feels mm. like it's got that, I don't know, Kodachrome kind of flavor to it. But it also seems very, is this real? Is this just a fantasy kind of story that's being told just to spook the people around sure. the campfire? Or is it, you know, is this, is this something that really happened? And I, the cinematography was great. Um, you know, the camera work was great. Like, I mean, just, this was a really, really good film. And, uh, what did you think, uh, about what I think was one of the weirdest moments of the film when Jay meets the writer? Yes. Um, out after he's abandoned Silas and he's mm-hmm. wandering on his own, he runs into this writer. Yeah, this researcher guy. Yeah, and he's just out here, and then eventually just gets abandoned. And he wakes up in the morning, well, he lets him with a, an egg and a note pointing west. But Jay has already walked; he doesn't know where West is now. He, you know, he he leaves Silas because he thinks Silas is a bad guy, and he goes yeah. and meets this guy who's in this wagon who's talking about all this research that he has. And then one line that the guy talks about is Aboriginal, which really kind of stood out. To me, because that's very uh, Australian, New mm-hmm. Zealand kind of thing, maybe. Yeah, it's not a word we use it's in not America. A, yeah, and certainly not in that time period. You wouldn't have used yeah. that. You would have said Indian or, mm-hmm. you know, you know savage, savage or, or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that really kind of stood out. But then, you know, this guy's being very kind. is just like, do you need anything? And so he's he's making Jay feel very comforted. But in the end, this guy's just as bad as everybody else. He mm-hmm. steals Jay's clothes. He steals his horse. He steals everything that he has and just leaves him with a... Not even a, a soft boiled egg, just a, ra- a raw egg yeah. and says that way's West, you know, go. And it, I, I think it's trying to hit home to Jay that, you know, you are not prepared for this. Mm. You should have known because then later, you know, he's just not prepared. And so later Silas comes up, he's got his horse and all this stuff. And Jay's like, well, did you kill him? He goes, no, I didn't feel like there was a need to. Here's your stuff back. And it's almost like you should have known better than to trust this guy. Yeah. And it just really hit home to me that Jay is completely out of his element and doesn't belong here. And he needs someone like Silas to guide him or protect mm-hmm. him because otherwise he's not going to make it. Is that so. when he gave him the, all the rest of the money yes. in his wallet? Uh-huh. Is that what I was saying? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, and I want to, I need to talk to you about this because I don't know if it's just the way they're moving the camera or if it was a stabilization effect they used afterwards. But sometimes the camera would be following Jay, mm-hmm. and you know, in the uh, this is going to be I really inside baseball, inside baseball, yeah. the wit though, you know, the, the corners, the, uh, the warp stabilizer, yeah. and it looks like it was just readjusting yes. the corners. There were a couple of times. Like, this looks there were a couple really of times odd. when I watched it, uh, when I was watching it, where I said, "Whoa, that's some bad stabilization." Yeah. Because and you can see, you can see, you know, there's this. Uh, Warp stabilization, as as Zach had mentioned, in After Effects and other applications are starting to use them now where you can take a very shaky shot and the computer will run its algorithms and everything and try to stabilize it and smooth it out as much as it it possibly can automagically. It's really Mm kind of cool. But the downside of doing this is what happens with your parallax when you do that. And so what happens is your background elements get really kind of shaky and weird Good stabilization software um, tries to minimize that a lot. But if you look in the lower corners mm-hmm. of the screen, especially on moving camera shots, if the corners look like they're wiggling really weird, but the rest of the shot looks okay, it probably means that there's warp stabilization. There were many times, Zach, when I saw this, I was like, wow, they really need to run that yeah. stabilizer again. Or I don't know what they were thinking because there were some shots that 
you know, when I talk about parallax, I'm talking about like Jay or Silas, whoever that they're following is very, very locked down, but mm-hmm. the background just kind of is floating really, really weird. Yeah. Just because naturally you would have that parallax, but if you're having a very slow tracking shot, that wouldn't be there. You wouldn't yes. see that weirdness. And it yeah, was very I, it, odd. I, I did see it. So yeah. <laughs> and it was just enough and it happened like two or three enough times. That I was like, is this on purpose? But it's so odd and unsettling to see mm-hmm. that kind of movement in a shot mm-hmm. that there was no way that could have been on purpose. Um, it just felt so, uh, I don't know, it so, felt like low budget to do a we point. Know, do we know what if there was a studio behind this besides the New Zealand film? No, I mean, there's a lot of name plates at the beginning of the film. The only thing I thought that really stood out to me was DirecTV, which was an odd one. Oh, yeah, one. yeah, DirecTV, yeah, that was, yeah. That was pretty, pretty weird, too. Yeah. Um, so here's my thought. I've been watching a lot of independent films over the last year, and one of them I reviewed last week. And um, uh, on the website is called uh, The Post-Human Project, and it mm-hmm. wasn't very good. And I really felt bad about dissing it as bad as I did and yeah. giving it such a bad review. And even one of the creators reached out to me and was like, hey, I appreciate that you said this. And he didn't you know, try to chastise me about it, but I think you're wrong or anything yeah, like that. He's yeah, just yeah. like, thank you for writing an honest review. But uh, I think sometimes when you get into that lower end budget, there are times when you're just like, this is as good as we can do on the money that we're given. Yeah, I mean, if it's the it's certainly a small film, depending mm-hmm. on money for reshoots, no, probably it not. probably thought it was good enough and then it turned out that and maybe they still think it's good enough but other yeah. people just don't it, see it that way and i mean some people won't even notice right it won't even notice right. but if you're if you've used that specific effect before mm-hmm. you know how it works and yeah. you know when it goes wrong a little bit right. and it's very obvious when it happens right and so that's why it stood out to me and yeah and i think that's the other thing too when we're looking at films is and that was my big problem with the post-human project was I watched it and I was like, look at all these effects where they literally are following the tutorial from videocopilot.net oh, to do no. this. And it's like, you know, that's fine because Video Copilot was trying to show you how they do the effect in in Iron Man 3. Yeah. And you're reduplicating it here. The hope is that you take it a step further. Don't just regurgitate. Yeah. And I sometimes think that when some people, and I'm not saying anybody in this particular movie are out of their element, they just resort to, well, this is what I know based on what I've seen before. So we'll use this. And maybe in this case, and I'm not saying for sure in this case, but maybe in this case, they see the shaky shot and they run their stabilizer, but they don't know enough about how to take it and fix it at the next level. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that happens, especially on lower budgets. If you had more budgets, I mean, if you look at the the the, the crew list is very, very short. Uh, when you look at visual effects, I mean, there's there are more actors in this than there are crew people, I want to say. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, no, I, I take that back. Uh, but if you look at visual effects, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people who are in charge of the visual effects. Wow. Uh, one of them is a 2D supervisor. So I don't know what that means. Um <laughs> The graphic, and then uh, there's a, it would have been like the there's a main the there's beginning. a main title designer. Oh yeah. So when you start getting into actual visual effects, the digital compositor, there's only one or two people that are doing compositing work. Mm-hmm. So you know that's, eh, you know, I'm not going to fault them, but for those of us that no. have those those eyes and know what's supposed to be going on, yes, bad effects will stand yeah, out. Yeah, I just had to ask you about it because it it uh, it was just obvious enough to me that like, am I just looking at this weird? Uh, is it really not that? But 
Yeah, I mean, if, if people want to know what we're looking at, you could probably go onto YouTube and type in like warp stabilizer, mm-hmm. and they'll, you, I, could, you, you could probably even find some tutorials written by me on it on YouTube. Oh, there so, you go, yeah. you can do that, or and then try to find some bad examples of it, and then you can watch this, and you'll see when he's riding and his yeah. horse, especially like from behind. They do. I remember one specific shot; they're looking at him from behind, and Jay's riding his horse, and you can mm-hmm. kind of see the mm-hmm. the parallax in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's there, but, I mean, if you're not looking for it, I mean, well, actually, it. this jumped out enough to me where I was just like, whoa. Yeah. To where, yeah, yeah, I think it'll, I think it's noticeable to people, but I don't think it ruined the movie. No, 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 I don't think it ruined the movie at all. It was just surprising to see that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you liked it? I did. Recommend I, it? Uh, I, I, yeah, I would. I would recommend this to, really, I think about anyone. I think anyone can really get in this film. Uh, even if you're not a Western fan, which I guess kind of like you, slowly more, I'm fine with the Western. Yeah. I think if it's done right. Yeah. And in this case, it's not like, you know, my problem with The Searcher is very racist and- Well, yeah, there's a lot of, there's there's really a lot of things undertones. that I like about a lot That's of Westerns. That's not what that came across in this movie at all. No. And they included, and I believe the director said this, he wanted to include- more nationalities in the film yes. because there was a yeah, there immigrant was a mix, uh, yeah. of people coming in here. So we see, um, I mean, they're they're Those both are, from Scotland, right? The main characters. Then we have the guys from Africa who do this mm-hmm. crazy cool song at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, wheelchair. That was a weird thing. That wheelchair <laughs> seemed too. way too modern. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe not for that time period. Eighteen hundred. Yeah. I mean, those those would be. I mean, this is after Civil War. This is a couple of years after the Civil War. Yeah, so, I guess it's true. You know, that kind of stuff would have yeah. been there, but it was just really out of place to see these guys from. <laughs> I'm guessing a Caribbean region. Yeah. Out in the middle of the West, one of them sitting in a wheelchair, and oh, they're playing French. playing French music. Yeah. Or maybe they were from France. I don't know. I don't know. They were singing. Yeah, there was fr- French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember they were speaking French now. Because Jay was speaking to them in French. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So, Caribbean would make sense. Yeah. So it was just really, it's a different kind of movie. I think the one thing that really, if I was going to say, if there's one thing that really annoyed me the most in this movie was when Michael Fassbender goes, let's drift. We're going to ride these these horses a quarter mile at a time. Oh, yeah. I just, the whole thing where he's just like, let's drift. It's like, what do you mean, let's drift? Mm-hmm. Let's ride? That would yeah. have been more appropriate, but it's like, let's drift. And it's like, <laughs> is this, is he trying out for Fast and the Furious Old West? Or, you know, I didn't know what was going on with that, but that was a little uh, annoying about the third or fourth time he said it in the movie. Yeah. So, but otherwise, um, it was a good film. This director, first time out, uh, better than me. Well done. Yeah. Um, would you like to see something else from him? He said, he said he's a I fan would. of film noir. I think I would. I, yeah. I think I would like to see something else by him. And it doesn't list any new projects no. that he's working on, unfortunately, because it just lists um, director for Slow West and that's it. Slow West seems to be the, the last thing that he's done. So maybe he'll get some, maybe he'll get some um, recognition off of this and be able to do something, something else in the future. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it was good. Uh, the John Cusack movie you're thinking of is High Fidelity. Uh, yes. Never You've never seen, seen, seen that movie? No, never seen it. Yeah, go see it. It's rom-com. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I like, You can check it out. It's on digital. It's on iTunes, yes. Yeah, pretty easy to access. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what's next for us then? Oh, I don't know. I was looking at, uh, next week we've got Jurassic World. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so Jurassic I think we're going to have to go see that and, uh, review it on the show. I will... Um, I will not tell looking you, forward to seeing it. Uh, m- m- neither am I. Uh, not am I. I'm thinking about taking the boy. Oh, because yeah? Because I think he's old enough for it. I would say probably. I, I think he'd be okay. It's going to be too yeah. terrifying. But, I mean, him. it's a big summer movie, and this is the summer movie special, right? So yeah. We need to. we need to probably so come So we back. need to watch it. Yeah. yeah. So, Chris Pratt, 
Yep. On dinosaurs. Yes, yes, yes. Yay. Hey, everybody. Zach here. Going to tag the end of this episode with a few words from one of our great listeners who gave some feedback over the Major Spoilers website on his thoughts on Slow West. This is from uh, Tylen, who, uh, Tylen Colbertson on Twitter. Tyler Colbertson on Twitter. He hit me up on Twitter. Then he wrote on the Major Spoilers website. He said this about Slow West. Uh, I watched this last weekend. I loved it. A couple of parts of the story didn't feel cohesive or fully fleshed out, but I overall enjoyed the film. It is beautifully shot with a lot of absolutely stunning images of the American West, although I believe it was shot in New Zealand. Uh, Yes, it was. Uh, Early on in the film, it was apparent that Jay and Rose's love was not mutual, which I thought brought an interesting sense of futurism. Uh, Oh, no, sorry. Uh, (laughs) He wrote futurism, but he told me he had a typo, and it was feudalism to the young man's journey. So what he said, I thought which I thought brought an interesting sense of feudalism to the young man's journey. My favorite scene is a trading post scene. I don't know if I can articulate why. That was a really good scene. And I think what I love about it is that it's a slow, intense scene and that it really kind of starts to really cement the relationship between Jay and Silas. I think that was why that scene was so good. I think that's just off the top of my head why that scene was so good. But I agree. Very, very good scene. On Film Spotting, a different film podcast, they talked about how the movie is very much about the dangers of na- uh, naivety, and I think I agree with that. There are a lot of scenes that reflect that, even the Trading Post scene that I mentioned. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, naiveness about the movie. Uh, Jay's uh, sense that Rose does love him, which she does not, and made clear to him before he even came to America. Uh, his naive sense of what the American West would be like, uh, and that he could travel alone and wouldn't see bloodshed and could just carry a gun without any bullets and that he would be okay. He didn't quite understand what was happening. And then, and then the naivety of himself to trust just pretty much anyone along the trail, pretty much would just trust anyone, the writer, Silas, to an extent. I mean, he did kill a guy to save him, essentially, so I guess there's a reason to trust him there. But there is a lot of naiveness to Jay's character so tylen thank you so much for writing your thoughts into the show um it sure does make my heart warm when listeners like you write into zach on film to uh share your thoughts about what we're talking about so that's gonna be it for this episode next week we will be doing jurassic world like steven and i talked about this on this episode so uh i don't know if we'll have time for anyone to get their thoughts in for that particular episode unless you have some really cool advanced screening thing happening uh but certainly send them in the next week and uh, if you have any thoughts i'll certainly start tagging them more on the end of the episode you can do that through majorspoilers.com you can do that uh you can hit me up on twitter and my handle is at z wolf wolf two o's or you can see an email at zach at majorspoilers.com thanks for listening this week and we'll be back next week with more movies podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.